I used to have a, a lady in my office uh, in St. Louis, and I would ask her every day. She would come in, and she, and she would kind of you have a, a frown on, and I'd say, listen, do you have your crown on today? And she'd say, what? I said, you know what, what I mean? Go put on your crown, and then come back, and let's talk. I had to remind her constantly, you are a princess. You need some royal language coming out of your mouth. You need some royal thoughts coming out of your mind. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Your father owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and he'll sell a cow anytime you need money. Your father owns it all. Your big brother is the king of the world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the same spirit that created the earth when the word spoke it out. You're filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And don't tell me he can't raise up your Monday a little bit if he can't raise Jesus from the dead. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we have to, we have to, we forget to gird ourselves. So how do I gird myself? Then he says, you got to put on your sandals. And then he says, put on your garment. And then he says, follow me. So here's the four keys to getting out of the prison of your mind. And we're going to walk these out right now. You got to walk in truth. You got to put on your sandals. You got to put on your garment and you got to follow me. So let's start with the first one. How do I gird myself? You will never be free until you can start quoting scripture. It's just that simple. You can walk around all day long with a Bible on your head and it's not going to help you. And I don't want to mess up anybody's warfare, but you can get out your Wesson oil and anoint every door in your house. You can put prayer calls under every mattress in the house, and you can walk around shaking the Bible at the devil, but you're not going to win your warfare until you put the sword where it belongs. We do not hold the sword of the Spirit in our hand. We hold the sword of the Spirit in our mouth. When Jesus comes back and smites the armies of Armageddon, where is the sword? He smites them with the sword of his mouth. The sword of the Spirit is not a shaking Bible or a dancing saint. The sword of the Spirit is when you can quote a scripture. If all you can do is say, my God shall support apply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You don't have to quote the whole Bible, but whatever you're dealing with, you open your Bible. You get a word in your mouth. Every time that thought comes into your mind, you quote that scripture. Every time the devil comes at you in darkness, you quote that scripture. You're not going to win your battle until you can point a sword at your problem. You got to point a sword at your problem. See, it's one thing to want to live in victory, but saints can't live in victory unless they're sword bearers. We bear swords here. So here's what I recommend. Whatever you're fighting, get you a scripture, even if it's just one. Listen, the devil, how did Jesus defeat the devil in the wilderness? He said what? It is written. Did he quote the whole Bible? No. Every time Satan come against him, he quoted one scripture. The Bible says, if you draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. How do I draw nigh unto God? I put his word in my mouth. When I put his word in my mouth, I'm bringing God from, I'm bringing God close to me. When I put his word in my mouth, if I draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto me. I can resist the devil and the Bible says he will flee from me. But he's not going to flee because of my threats. 
I don't want to sound unspiritual here, but some of you need to quit praying and start quoting scripture. You need to quit begging God to do something that you have already been equipped to do. Get up out of the floor, wipe your eyes off, stand in your doorway, and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you come in this house, you're going to go through a sword to get in the house. Instead of just frailing and whining on God's shoulder one more time, asking him to do something he's already equipped us to do, why don't we take on the sword and use it the same way Jesus did to defeat the enemy? So you put a sword, you, you get a scripture. I, I, I suggest this, you know, write it on the mirror, put it on little post-it notes all around the house. When you turn this corner, here it is. You walk into the kitchen and there it is on the refrigerator. And then you go to brush your teeth and there it is on the mirror. Then you get in your car and there it is on the rear view mirror. Then you go in your office and here it is laying on your desk. And you open your laptop and there it is on your laptop. And then you get out your checkbook and there it is in your checkbook. Every time you see it say it every time you see it say it even if you can't quote it put it in your mouth point a sword at your problem and I promise you the devil will have to flee because the devil is no match for the sword of the Lord I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. Uh, I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in, in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just want to say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a, a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just want to say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. So we can only win our battles when we're willing to gird ourselves. So we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. So we gird ourselves with the belt of truth that holds the sword of the Spirit. Now look at the second thing he tells you to do. The second thing he says, is he says, now put on your own sandals. You know what, before I go there, let me tell you a story. I forgot about that picture there. So when my redhead and I first went to St. Louis a long time ago, uh, 30 years ago, this is the little church we went to pastor, Right? We were in our 20s, and this church was running 52 people. Now, my wife's father had just passed away of a heart attack. And when we moved there, we had moved far. We moved 18 hours from her mother. 
We had moved 12 hours from all of my family. All of my family lives in Georgia. So we had moved 12 hours from my family. We, had moved, we were totally alone. We had a six-month-old baby, and we had a two-and-a-half-year-old baby, and we're out there in St. Louis by ourselves. All of our Tennessee friends, because I was born and raised in Tennessee, all of our Tennessee friends said, why did you move to misery? They weren't, calling it, they weren't even calling it Missouri. Why did you move to misery? Well, then my wife's mother got cancer, and she moved in with us, and then she passed away. And so here is Faith. She's 25 years old. Her mother and her father have now, are now gone. She's 25 years old. We got these two little babies, and if that's not enough, all of a sudden, one, one, uh, one Sunday morning, I go over to the door of this church, and there's a great big poster written in green. I can, I can still see it. Written in green magic marker from the occult. And I'm thinking, why would they leave that? So I take it down to the police station, and I tell them, I say, listen, this, is, this, this looks real. They said, this is real. You don't, need to, you don't need to play around with this. These guys mean business. And we didn't know what they were up to, and they just kept coming. These threats kept coming. The next thing we know, our tires were flat on our car. And this, everything that they typically do, all the, all the things that they do to try to scare you. We thought people were knocking on our windows at night. I mean, it was a terrifying time where out there by herself we got these two little babies so I put the babies in bed with my wife Faith and I started staying up at night and I, I did sound from Tennessee which means I'm packing right so I had one here and I had one here and you're lucky because I don't have one here tonight, but usually I do. So I'm still packing. And so, so, um, so, so I've got one on each side, and I'm walking scared to death. I'm trying to protect my family at 20-some years old. I'm trying to protect my family. And my wife's in there in bed asleep with our two little girls, and we're scared to death because we don't know what's going to happen. We're out there by ourselves. Our church is only running 50 people. I mean, you know, it's the same church that, that became thousands of people later. But when we were there, it was only 50 people at the time. We don't know what the occult wants to do with us. And so here we are. We're being terrified. We're being stalked by them. And this keeps going on and on. It looks like they're never going to let up from this harassment in our life. So here I am walking the floors at night. And so I don't even know when this happened. I don't even know when this shift happened. But I remember at some point in time, I moved from walking and praying to walking with my Bible and quoting scripture. And I just started quoting scripture till I'd memorized so many scriptures and I would walk the floors at night and I would quote those scriptures and quote those scriptures and a long time went by. I, I can't remember. I don't know if you remember how long it was. It seemed like forever. Three months, six months we lived like this and then after a while I just decided I am tired of this. I told Faith I said I can't live like this anymore. Everybody was saying you need to come home. You're out of God's will. Isn't that something every time you go into a battle somebody thinks you're out of God's will? Let me tell you the three Hebrew children were in God's will but they were in a fiery furnace, and Daniel was in God's will in the lion's den, and David was in God's will on the battlefield. Sometimes God's will will take you through, not take you around. Sometimes you got to go through the valley and through the fire and through the battlefield because that's the only way you can grow. It's the only way you can get strengthened. So we were in God's will, but everybody tried to get us to leave, and so I'm quoting these scriptures, and I remember that I got so miserable 
that I was tired of not sleeping at night, working the third shift, you know, sleeping in the daytime. I was tired of this. So I wrote a note myself and put it on the side of the church to them. And I said, I want to come, I want to meet with you. And I was just young and juvenile. And I even wrote at the bottom, no cops. I remember doing that. No cops. And I didn't know, I didn't know what they would do. So the next Sunday morning I get up and they've taken the note. So I realized they actually came that night because they usually came on Saturday night and wrote these notes on the church to try to mess up our Sunday. And so they'd taken my note. And so Faith and I fasted that week. And that next, that next Saturday night was the showdown night. That's when I'm supposed to meet with them on the Saturday night before Sunday morning. And I didn't take a gun out there with me. I just took my Bible and I walked out there. We'd been fasting. My redhead would look out the window every now and then just to make sure I was still alive. You still doing good out there? Yeah, I'm doing good. And I remember walking that that parking lot for one hour and nothing happened and I walked for another hour and I'm still quoting those scriptures and I thought well I'll just do a Jericho march around the church so I just walked around the whole parameter of the church and it's about two o'clock in the morning now I'm just little old me out there in my 20s with my scriptures in my mouth and I'm just out there just quoting these scriptures walking around my little Bible I'm telling you one thing if a hitchhiker would have walked on that property I would have beat the living daylights out of him I've never been more ready for a fight in my life. I pity the guy that shows up. I, he might have been looking for a handout, but he would have got a hand all right. I was so wired. I didn't know what was going to happen, but, but I knew that I had to. I just couldn't live in fear another day. I just refused to live bound up in that fear with my family and fear. And so I, I kept walking. Three hours went by. Four hours went by. Five hours went by. Me and my little scriptures, I'm just out there quoting them. I've done made about 15 circles around the property. I'm walking around the parking lot. I'm looking for somebody. Nobody shows up. I do this all night long. And I'll never forget that the sun came up the next morning and I heard the Holy Spirit tap me on the shoulder and say, son, you have made it through the night and when I heard him say that it meant victory to me it was the sign I needed it's over I didn't know how it was over but I knew I showed up and they didn't show up and that God was about to show up because I was in bondage and our ministry was in bondage and our family was in bondage but that night God set me free the next morning I laid hands on the congregation I only had a bunch of elderly people in the church at the time and I remember laying hands on them and my wife I know she remembers this even though she was behind the piano almost every I think everybody in the prayer line fell out in the spirit at the same time it was like dominoes I laid my hands on a man named DJ Haynes on the front row and when he went down they all went down I saw crutches flying I saw I saw people's canes flying I saw people grabbing their back on the way down I saw a crippled up old army go down but I saw might and power get up off of that floor I knew something had happened I knew God was in control I knew that something had shifted in the atmosphere and we were about to see a mighty move of God and that's when the church began to grow Sometimes you just got to stand your ground with a sword. Sometimes you got to fight and you have to declare it when you don't have words to say. Just start saying what he said. If you've got an enemy, point a sword at the enemy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, put a sword in it. 
That is the same little church that grew to thousands of people in St. Louis. The same little church, same little story. It has a lot more stories attached to it. But that's the same church that became the great Twin Rivers Worship Center, the same little place. Sometimes you have to stand your ground and you have to have a sword in your hand. The second thing the angel said is you have to put on your shoes. See, here's why a lot of people can't live in victory. They're not willing to do this part. Notice what the angel did not say. The angel did not say, come here, baby. I'll put your shoes on for you, sweet girl. That's not what the angel said. The angel said, if you're going to get out of here, you're going to have to put on your own shoes. Now, what do those shoes represent in the warfare? You have to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The reason a lot of people cannot walk in victory is because they refuse to apologize. The reason some people will not walk in victory is because pride will not let them write a letter that they need to write. Pride will not let them write a check that they need to write. Pride will not let them go to somebody and apologize for something that they needed to do. I'll, I'll never forget years ago, I was listening to Raymond Culpepper preach at a prayer conference, a Church of God prayer conference. He was preaching on the Lord's Prayer, and he gets to this part. He says, Father, forgive us our trespasses, and we forgive those who trespass against him. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Brian, you need to do that. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know of anybody I don't need to, that I need to forgive. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you need to do that. And I went on a two-year journey of going to my prayer room every day in the morning saying, who do I need to forgive? And I, went, I prayed this prayer for two weeks and nothing showed up. And then the Lord says, you need to forgive your grandmother. My grandmother? Yeah, because I, I'd, I had anger toward her because of something that cost me some money when I was in college. And I never cleared the air. So the Holy Ghost said, write her a check for the same amount. So I did. I wrote a check. I sent it to my grandmother. She signed it. She put it in the bank. She never even called and said thank you. But you see, that wasn't the test. The test was getting it out of my heart. The test was not about an Oprah Winfrey reunion. It was not about a happy ending. It wasn't about that. The, the test was about can you do the right thing in this moment. For two years, I was writing letters. I had to write a few letters and lay them on a grave, on a few graves, because the Holy Spirit said, you will never rise above your level of forgiveness. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Father, forgive us as we forgive others. Notice the end of the Lord's Prayer, the tag on verse. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you their, yours. Your victory is tied to your shoes. If you cannot put on peace and quit asking God to give you peace when it's in, he didn't say, I'll give you peace if you ask for it. He said, put on your shoes. You start preparing to make peace in your life. 